Hi, and welcome to the Still Telling It Like It Is program with Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology, and that would be me, and Apostle Barry Cook. You know, uh, I am so excited. So touch your things, your whatever it is that you have to touch and invite people to come on because I know he's going to blow it. Uh, he's he's going to give you things that you can take and put into work. Uh, he's not about just making you feel good because he can preach and he can holla and he can do all of those things. And he's crazy as I am. So come on, Barry. <laughs> Well, praise the Lord, Dr. Baker. It's I know I say it every time, but I mean it. It's good to be with you on the program, telling it like it is, because you let us uh, tell it like it is. And yeah. That's important. Some people ask you not to tell it like it is. They want you to give a different version. Of course, what you are, what you eat. You know, just remind you, if you if you eating milk all the time, that's good. If you're a baby, if you're not a baby, we got to chew a little bit, gum it, something. Whatever we got, <laughs> gum it, whatever we got to do. But, um, um, man, we have been driving down this road since the first of the year, and I'm excited to get the opportunity to keep teaching. As I, as I was teaching uh, Love and Unity Canada yesterday, um, and I told all of them, I said, I'll finish this on Dr. Baker's show because it's really where kind of we left off the last time. And um, I knew I wouldn't get much of it done, but hopefully I could introduce them to that and maybe pull them on into the program. If not, they'll know where they can get the rest of the information. Um, but I want to I want to head down this thing because uh, we've been dealing with so many things in growth and in training and and and, and continuing forward. And I I, I want to continue with that thought. And I want to I want to go ahead and take the seven pillars. Uh, the core pillars of apostolic ministry, and 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 there's many things we could talk about. Like um, people are going to say, "Well, prayer isn't one of your pillars, and faith isn't one." No, it's not. Those are the spirit in which surrounds the pillars. I mean, that's it's like you can you can tell you can be in a spirit filled church and give people a to do list, but that didn't mean you gave them the spirit of the house when you gave them why you wanted them to do that. Now, what we're doing is, we're, I know it seems menial, but that little task you're doing is building this and that'll go inside this. And you see, that'll set God up for this. And that's what we're trying to do. Oh, now they see, instead of people leading carnally and they don't have a spiritual plan. So there's no womb or execution of spiritual birthing even. It's just spiritual terms wrapped around men's minds. And it produces terrible results. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so these seven pillars, is uh, as we go down through them, I take from Acts chapter 2, verses 37 through 47. And I read it all um, yesterday on the Canada thing. And I don't think I got past, you know, the first text or the first part of the first text. So I'm just going to kind of briefly go over it. In Acts 2.37, um, Paul is, uh, Peter just finished preaching the message on the day of Pentecost. The people's hearts were pricked. Um, they, were, they were feeling the gospel. They heard the message. They heard everybody speaking in other tongues. They said, what is this? 
and how can we get it? You know, and, and Peter told him, well, you need to repent in verse 38 and then be baptized. You know, every one of you, all of you, this isn't just for some of you if you feel like it and others if you don't. You got to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, he was relating that because in verse 39, he reminds them this was the promise that was given unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And, and, you know, you probably have preached on this, but the promise of the Father is a term used by the prophets in the Old Testament um, and three or four times um, in, in expectation of something coming. <laughs> and then, then Jesus tells the apostles um, to tarry in Luke and, until you receive the promise of the Father. And he said, you will know when it is come, when I sit down at the right hand of God. So that tells us when Jesus got to heaven and he sat down beside God, boom, the Holy Spirit was released to the earth to fill his spot, no longer held by just one person or one, two or three or four individuals. But now, boom, it was let out of the temple. That's why the temple bells was, now the ghost is loose. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ghosts, not ghostbusters, ghost thrusters, ghost soul winners, helpers, uh, comforters. Hallelujah. Paracletus, you know, praise God. And I, that's not a bird. That's, that's Greek. That's Greek. That's Greek. Oh, Lord Jesus, that made me think of something that happened this week. That, that's going to bunny trail me, so I better watch out. So, um, <laughs> So anyway, in Acts 2, 37 through 47, so he's dealing, and also I just want to say that he says the promise of the Father is for you, your children, your children's children, and as many of those that might come later on somewhere down the line that I'm missing out while I'm saying this. So that's why we can't just say the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for everybody. Can't say that. Can't say it. Because it, it, it's very clear from scriptures and from the Old Testament, they didn't know what they were talking about. Speaking of a day coming, and then the, then the New Testament, when that happens, they had they they saw they knew it was aligning up with what had been prophesied thousands of years ago by men in in totally other parts of the country, known world at that time. They never knew each other, never crossed paths, didn't have the internet, didn't have you know, any way to electronically get all the information out of who was saying what and whether they were valid or not and all that. But somehow not all of those things made it all the way through. That's just amazing. The odds of this kind of stuff, that's what people, when they can, they just blatantly talk about the Bible, they really don't understand the intricacies. And the only reason it survived so long is because everybody's like, well, you can't prove all this. But the problem is you can't disprove it. And so much of it is insight in almost to everything in life and godliness. It's like it gives insight. To, I mean, science has used the Bible for years to figure out things about the solar system and about the setup of the world and in different aspects of, of things, astrology and other, th other things, geography even. They, I mean, many times maps in the early days were drawn from biblical 
um, drawings that it's amazing that people didn't even have the ability to see the globe and yet you're drawing perfect known world at that time drawings of things that we do by satellite now. They had to do by the, by the Holy Ghost. They had to get a divine vision of something. You know, I, I don't think we really get the depth of, um, of our forefathers and the shallowness uh, of where we stand most of the time now. It, it challenges me. I know that. <laughs> Nobody else. But for the promise of the Father, you know, he gives that out as a many of the Lord shall call. And with many other words, he exhorted them and they received him gladly. They got baptized. 3,000 were added to the church. 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' uh, doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And of course, uh, Apostle Fram, Michael Fram, asked me to expound on the on continuing in the apostles' doctrine because he knew it was something that he had heard me talk about before. And because that is, when we say that, I don't know what what's your idea of what the Bible is meaning by that, but what it was meaning was in that time, they had people called scribes that sat inside of their meetings. They took notes. They wrote outlines. They He would sit there and write out outlines for the families, the heads of the families to take home. And I don't know, you know, when they say that, they, I don't know how long that took. I don't understand when I read that stuff in history, I'd like to have more details. They don't give it. They just say that the the message was distributed. Maybe it was verbal. I don't know. I, there's not specifics about it, but it does say that there was a surprise. Yeah. Let me ask you a quick question. Was that the was that the preempt of, of court stenographers? Was that I mean, you know, because they well, go ahead. Probably so, but you know, if you think back along, that's really the only way they had to to be able to pass messages was in the earliest days. I mean, it would mix if tribes were more illiterate, they would use some they would have these guys that they considered smart listen and then repeat it, you know, and hopefully get it right. I mean, you know, and then, uh, of course, in more literate areas, they've always had people like scribes. They may have called them different things, but yeah, and, and they write them down. And, they, and, and so here's the deal. It would be like, in modern terms, it would be like you having someone on staff that you designate to take notes, and by the end of you finishing, they put an outline in, in, in it. You know, and, you know, with your general things, with your general thoughts, with some of your, you know, biggest points, sub points that you make under it. And they go to the office, they run it off, they hand it to all the, you know, the the the, the different leaders or people that are doing groups or subgroups. And then throughout the week when they have meetings, they go back over the word. Talk about it. So everybody's unified. It's not it's not this group does this. This one's talking about this. This one's talking about this. You used to talk about something else on Sunday morning. Cell groups are talking about whatever they want. And everybody was steadfastly gathered and continued around the apostles' doctrine. And when I read that in history, it changed me. I immediately implemented it in my church. And, and I could not believe within probably six months of implementing it, the tightness and unity of the congregation was huge. And everybody, it seemed, I would hear them just talking with each other. And I'd be, oh yeah, I did preach that last week. I'm, 
forward. Like I would forget and I would hear because it, now it became conversation. Everybody's talking about stuff. And, you know, well, we said this in our group. I'd hear them in the ushers, you know, having the pre-service meeting. Oh, okay, guys, what stuck out with you most in the, in the outline from Sunday? Oh, this and this. Fantastic. I believe he's going to continue this Sunday with this long. I mean, I'll be hearing all I'm thinking, wow. Now everybody's gathering around it, you know. So it's not like y'all always sit down and listen to me, <laughs> you know. But they took it, disseminated it, and chewed it up, cut it in pieces, made it eatable for their five year olds, their 11 year olds, their 30 year olds, and their 70 year olds, or whatever. I mean, they make, cut it up in bite sized pieces, you know. They dipped it in ranch or whatever they had to to get it down. <laughs> You know, but put put it in the blender. And, you know, whatever they had to do. But the, the 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 pillars that we're talking about and the seven pillars, we we pull out of this text, but we 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 kind of need to get to the end to it. This is what my problem is with reading scriptures. Lots of people say to me, Well, you only read one scripture. I said, That was for your benefit. <laughs> if I keep reading the scriptures, I'm gonna keep preaching because that's where all the preaching comes from anyway. But let me just get this last part. It says that uh, they continued, they broke bread, they fellowship, they stayed together. By the word fellowship means kononia. Kononia is a Greek word that obviously we use the word all the time, mean fellowship. It means spiritual fellowship. So again, it's telling you what they were doing. And spiritual fellowship, the word actually means that they discuss spiritual things. They're sitting, eating, talking, drinking. Man, wasn't that good this? Didn't you like that? They were filled with, you know, they're laughing, they're talking, they're making jokes about that, but it was spiritual conversation and they're tying it into the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. So I'm saying folks talked about it at dinner. <laughs> I just love that thought and it's neat. It's right there in print. And the fear came upon every soul. Many signs and wonders were done by the apostles. A lot of people use this text to say, see, only apostles can do signs and wonders, but that was because it was only the apostles at that time. Now, why it wasn't nobody else yet. You know, they just started and had 3,000 young pups say, you know, so only the apostles were present and they were out there doing what apostles do until they can make disciples and generate more. And, and, and it is what they did. You know, so I, I just say that because some people use that text and say, see, only apostles are supposed to be, you know, oh my Lord Jesus, you know, just egos, all it is, you know. That's that's when God raises up little shepherd boys in the middle of it and says, won't you go on out there with your, no, 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 you don't need that sword. Just take your sling. Just go on. Yeah, but don't I need a little, no, you don't need no Kevlar. Just, no, I'm trying. I would take the Kevlar. I'd try to find it in my size. <laughs> Just in case. I trust you, Lord. But uh, anyway, and, and they sold their possessions and goods and parted them all as every man had need. And again, this doesn't mean that they had to sell everything they had and give it to the church. And dumb preachers say that and dumb people say the Bible says that. And I'm sorry to use the word dumb, but I'm just saying. Ignorance is probably a better word, lack of knowledge, understanding something. But, you know, D-U-M-B is pretty much what's going on here. So, um, and, and, the, <laughs> and the thing about it is we get into this, we understand that what they were doing is, like if they had, they had stuff, they, they started selling things of value in their home first that they weren't using and stuff. They look around, well, we don't use that, let's sell it. 
you know, and instead of us using the money to whatever, let's, let's, um, you know, let's give it to, let's sell it and give it to the church. It's just sitting there. That's how, I mean, you read documents and you see, but it caught on, like it caught on. And then, then the business people started working projects to, okay, every quarter we'll give, you know, 1.7% of our income, what we get in this quarter or in the, in the last month of this quarter. We'll, I mean, I've heard it around the world done so many different ways. And I've told the story a hundred times and I'm definitely talking about things I wasn't intending to, which I always do on your show, but it's, it's congruent with what I'm talking about. And that is the first time I went to Ukraine. Um, the, 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 and if I said, told you before, just bear with it, maybe somebody will hear this, but um, the first time I went to the, the Ukraine was right after a communism had fallen. You know, they were letting people in. And so we went over with a team of people as requested by a pastor there named Dimitri Mason, who's still there and I still have contact with today, who's been telling me all along they don't give money to Ukraine. It ain't what it seems. He's corrupt as can be. He's running women. He's running drugs. He's he's spending all the money over here partying and y'all don't know it. You're stupid. And I'm like, bro. I, I can't help what's going on. I don't know what's going on. He's like, don't do it. Don't do it. What's the matter with y'all? You're feeding the beast. <laughs> I don't know which side's best to be on. It looked like you're in a bad spot, period. But another story, <laughs> you know, but first time we went, uh, we get there and, and we get into there and we realize that um, God, God already had some people there, number one. And uh, number two, the government wasn't set up. So the, the mob was pretty much running everything um at that time and um and, and so the people were trying to just figure stuff out but I, then i walk into the churches the first church i walked in is drabby outside the atmosphere is you know it's pretty rainy like your a lot of european cities is rainy most of the time and kind of overcast most of the time even they have a couple you know they're real happy because we have 30 days a year that it sun shines. I mean, literally, like I remember in New York, they said to me, you know, we have 27 days of new of, of sunshine every year. And I was like, wait a minute, back up. 20, 27? Like how y'all living up here and not crazy? I'm like, Lord Jesus. Well, I probably shouldn't ask that question because then I, you know, me, I went on the internet, and started researching. And I found out that like 73% of that part, uh, I should say it in general, of the New England part was on antidepressants. I was like, well, that answers a lot right there. How they, that's why in Alaska, everybody drinking, brother. They like, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Where's my cousin? That's what all that's why everybody, their cousins look better. They drink it too much. Anyway, Lord Jesus. So I know, help me, Lord. So the Ukraine. So we get in there. And um, if we get back over at that place and I asked the pastor, so how are you paying for all this stuff? Like, how do you get it's war torn, beat up? I mean, every building has got huge chunks off of it. There's no buildings that are just, they just they've been in war most of their life. So that's something else we don't get over here. We got a little, you know, uproar and we think Armageddon's coming. <laughs> These guys live with, you know, getting bombed quarterly and stuff, you know, whatever. And they just keep on living and moving and praying, you know, and I'm sure they think that Jesus come back <laughs> any minute. And um, so and we're in there and I asked him, how do you pay for it? And he goes, oh, our businessmen come together and 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 the ones that are in real estate, they sell every quarter 
they sell one piece of real estate and all proceeds go to the church. And, and I was like, how, how does that how, He goes, oh, they make that their biggest one usually. I mean, in the, in the, the amount they got a month was more than what I got over here with a church. At that time, almost a thousand people in my church. And I'm thinking, y'all don't have no money. You don't have a way to get jobs. Only few people around have jobs. And those people are getting together. It's just amazing. And the churches were immaculate inside. Marble everywhere. And I mean, everything's torn up. You walk in, though, and the pastor's got the best of everything and the best sound equipment. I'm just, that's why I was like, wait, wait, wait. Where does this come from? Like, y'all y'all working for the mob on the side? You're <laughs> shaking up banks? So what are you doing, you know? And, and he explained it to me. He's just weeping. He says, no, they, they supply. And I, and he goes, not just me. He goes, they cover this, this group of businessmen is the Southeast district. This one's the North, the Northwest. They have districts all over where the businessmen take care of all the ministries and the pastors around, but they had qualifications. The businessman had qualifications. They had to be preaching the gospel. They had to be showing evidence of souls being saved. And I mean, they had, Real, and if as long as they did that, they took care of them, their families, bought suits, cars. They, you know, I mean, I say that because they might have been an older Mercedes, but most of the people didn't have cars, you know. So I was like, Where'd you get this car? Oh, this was given to Lord Jesus, you know, we're just so thankful. But I mean, over there. He was the third guy in six months because the other two were shot down. So, I mean, you know, there's a little bit of a price, you know. Um, so I'm just saying, when it says that they with the, they, they laid things at the apostles' feet, I think there's a biblical pattern there that we're not getting in America because we're the richest nation in the world. And, you know, we still griping. We want to argue over ties. We want to argue over you know, all friends, we don't argue over the way somebody does it or doesn't do it the way, oh, jeez, you know, well, then give. Why don't you just give and mind your business and be faithful to your heart? Because that ain't the issue. Ah, 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 oh. ah, ah. Oh, that was climactic right there. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, what you just said, here, here two things you said. Number one, I got stuck in this one that you said the depth of the father shows us the shallowness of us. And then, you know, one thing I, I, I disagree with you with is that it's not just in America, but it's in a lot of these other countries that won't tie, that won't give, that won't do this, that are that are, are greedy, you know, the greed in the church and, and stuff. So absolutely. Well, yeah. I believe it's everywhere, but I, I was just speaking for my own hometown. I, here. I, I know it, but I just, we have people yeah. from all over the world, so I wouldn't let them know. We we got their whole card, too, you know. We, oh, we, Lord <laughs> Jesus. You know, it, listen, there's so many places that, that they starve out the preachers, but they expect yeah. everything from them. Yes, that's what and, I'm talking about. And, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, and that's, <laughs> that is a good portion of places also. And, and that's a shame. It really is. And then I see some of the pastors that then get oh, in other countries, which I'm thinking of a few right now in particular, which they got sick of it. They got jobs and they started making tons of money. And, and now the people resent them for that. And they're like, so should I give it up? I'm like, no, no, they griped at you when you had nothing. 
They gripe, they still didn't give. They gripe at you and have a lot, and they're still not giving. So I said, you did what was right. You took care of your your family and did what was right. But, you know, then they battle with, um, you know, pride, you know, being better than everybody. And now I don't have to listen to everybody. But, you know, so it's, it's always a battle. But if we follow biblical patterns, it has answers for us. That, that's what I'm, it's like, and it, and it says, you know, and, and it talks about in that text, it said, and sold their possessions and goods and parted with them. And the reason I said that about how do you know they sold things around the house and all that? Because when you cl- click the cursor, <laughs> when you look at the Greek on the words, and they sold their possessions and goods, you see, and part of the, it, it tells you that they looked around and, and, and they, what's it called? What do the people call it today when you, um, your kind of home that doesn't have much stuff in it. Ooh, I just went blank. But um, um, anyway, um, uh, shoot, I'm, somebody's probably answering on the chat line. I don't have it open. But anyway, uh, they, um, they, uh, you know, they, they were just downsizing their house. They were taking care of the clutter. They, you know, they basically started having yard sales immediately. I mean, to put it in our vernacular, Instead of keeping all the stuff around or just giving it to Salvation Army or whatever, they started selling it and giving the money straight to the church. And so they might have had 600 bucks from a good yard sale. They turned it in the church on Sunday. Hey, we, we cleaned up and here it is. You know, we want to give this towards the progression of the gospel, especially when you're trying to progress in an area. Verse 46, 246, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. And I know a lot of people try to use this text and say, see, we need to be having church every single day. And that's why, you know, revival breaks out every single day. We got to have, okay. But if they do that, then, then, you know, ain't nobody going to be able to pay their bills, take care of their house, um, you know, get their kids, whatever, you know, it's, that's not, it's not how they meant in doing it. It just means their heart was continually interaction. There was, yes, there was services going on, prayer meetings, the people that wanted to do it and could have it. There was a bunch happening. The church was on fire. It was alive. It wasn't just concerned about being there on Sunday. If people had spare time, and instead of just, well, I'm just going to Netflix and chill, they would, you know, let's go up to church and see what's going on. If not, let's worship for a little while, you know, that kind of stuff. And they continued daily with one accord and breaking bread from house to house and did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily. Now they had favor with the people till the government changed and the government started telling them Christians were evil. (laughs) And of course, you know, and started turning it and turning the minds of the masses against it because the people saw the Christians as good. Yes. And you know what? We're out of time. I know. And I, I want you to start right there where you are. And then I want you also to talk about, I'm going to say this real quick, talk about the fact that because they had the scribes and because they passed out these things, they were able all to say the same thing because they had the same heart. And that, and rather than just being rote and repeating the same thing is what it is that the word of God is talking about. And I want you to hit that next week. 
uh, on our next program. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us. If you desire to give into this ministry, you'll see the information there. This is Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology, and Apostle Barry Cook, who is a doctor in so many different things, theology and all this other kind of stuff. This is my friend, my friend. And we will be back when we're here still telling it like it is for real. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Kingdom First TV, your station for kingdom inspiration.